What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Tuesday, April 27th. I'm Gideon Resnick. And I'm Aaron Ryan, in for Akili Hughes. And this is What a Day, the daily news podcast that always ends in a contest called Mortal Kombat. Yeah, it doesn't usually make it into the show, but the hosts do fight every day. Yeah, something you might not know about me is I have four massive punching arms. On today's show, the Supreme Court takes up the case of the F school heard around the world and how it could affect free speech for students, then some headlines. But first, the latest. According to the 2020 census, the number of people living in the United States was 331,449,281. That's right. We're having a census party and acting (laughs) director of the U.S. Census, Ron Jarman, dropped those numbers on us yesterday. The process was, how do I put this lightly, troubled from the start. It was done during a pandemic. The last administration wanted to add a citizenship question to the census questionnaire, which got blocked by the Supreme Court. There were pushes to outright stop the count as well. But now we're here. So Gideon, let's start with some of the biggest takeaways from the numbers that we got. Yeah. So one of the bigger things we found out was that over the past decade, the U.S. population grew by the slowest pace since the 1930s, just a 7.4 percent increase. The initial reasons that people had for this were attributed to lower immigration rates, older white populations, and lower birth rates in the country. And here's one kind of wild estimate that's tied to that. So there were more elderly people over the age of 80 than there are children two and younger. Plus, the percentage of people 65 and older has grown by 35%. And one grim note that I think people were sort of thinking about as this was uh, coming out, we don't really know what sort of effect there is from the lives that we've lost to COVID-19. Much of the movement that people made across the country and the people who passed away happened after Census Day last year. Wow. So Gideon, you're telling me that having no public health care for people, no family leave, no paid leave at all for parents, terrible elder care, and a draconian immigration system means that people aren't being born here or moving here? <laughs> I, it's truly shocking. I know. That, that We're going to need to look into that, maybe <laughs> do some more research. Okay. One of the other interesting things to look at, of course, was where people grabbed the U-Haul and moved. What jumped out there? So broadly, it kind of looked like a trend that has been happening for a few years now, at least. Uh, There were bigger population growths in America's South and West than the Northeast and Midwest. Like, for instance, Utah's population went up by over 18% in the past decade. They actually claimed the prize for number one. Utah's an excellent state. I'm a big Utah fan. It's aesthetically beautiful. That is for sure. I would Tons of natural beauty. Just needs to be purpled up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, bump, bump that up to 19, 20%, and uh, maybe we'll be working with something. But at the same time, <laughs> Illinois, Mississippi, and West Virginia all actually lost people over this time span, with West Virginia losing the most at 3.2%. 
And beyond people wanting a change of scenery or needing it for any number of reasons, this is going to have a pretty big political impact. How the 435 seats in Congress are distributed between the states based on where people live. And it's a formula the census uses that's a little too complicated for a podcast, <laughs> much like the KFC secret spice blend. Right? Yes. I mean, you can look it up. You can find it online, but we're not going to go through like all the details. But Gideon, what do we know about how the new numbers will impact representation? Going to be some interesting Google searches in the morning. Uh, all right. So uh, these are the states that are poised to lose a seat here. Uh, Illinois, Michigan, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, California, and New York. And this is actually the first time that California will lose a seat. And it's a little odd in a way when you think about it, because the state grew in this time span by about 6%. However, that was just quite a bit less than the number of other states. And then for the ones that gained here, uh, Florida, Colorado, Montana, Oregon, and North Carolina all gained one seat, and Texas is gaining two. But the most wild stat of the day, Aaron, and why the census really truly does matter. I mentioned that New York lost a seat here, but if they had counted just 89 more people, 89, it would not have happened. It's believed to be the narrowest margin in modern census history. Wow, New York, the city that never returns its census survey. On <laughs> That'll time. do it. Yep. <laughs> Guys, fill out your paperwork, turn that back in. And now comes the question of who gets to draw these maps. Historically, the answer is not great. Yeah, because of years of relative Republican dominance at the local level in many states, leading to map fuckery of all sorts, then continued dominance much of this process is going to be GOP-led. So the Brennan Center put together a redistricting report earlier this year that we can link to in our show notes. But basically, if you look at these states, Illinois and Oregon are among the ones that will have full Democratic control of the redistricting process. Then there are other states like Colorado, Michigan, and New York that have these independent commissions dedicated to doing this. And then places like Florida and Texas are fully in GOP control. According to the Cook Political Report, Republicans will have the final say over congressional lines in 187 districts, and Democrats will get 75 districts, with the rest going to places where control is split or by these bipartisan commissions. So this is going to have big ramifications for congressional elections that are right around the corner, where Republicans need to flip just five seats to regain control of the House. It's also going to affect uh, our favorite thing in the world, the Electoral College, budgeting, and much, much more. We're going to follow all of that as more info from the census drops. But now let's shift gears to our favorite mega group, the Supremes. Uh, Aaron, the Supreme Court, that is the joke I just made, just said it'll take <laughs> up some interesting cases soon. What are they up to here? Well, yesterday, the dorks in the high court announced that they will be taking up a case out of New York that deals with rights that people have to carry guns outside of their homes for self-defense. The case, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Corlett, is the first major gun rights case the court has taken up in over a decade. Okay, so let's get into a little bit more on what this case actually involves. Sure. New York State has a law in its books that requires people who want to carry a concealed handgun to establish that they have, quote, proper cause. Basically, they must prove that they actually need it for protection. I feel like that makes a lot of sense. You're going to be hiding a gun in your purse. You probably should have a good reason. <laughs> However, Paul Clement, a lawyer who has been behind many challenges to gun control laws, and you might know from the George W. Bush administration, is challenging mm -hmm. that law, saying that states have no right to regulate when individuals carry guns outside of their own home. 
So this is the first time the court has taken up that particular question. The last major ruling on the Second Amendment came down in 2008 when the court ruled that the Constitution protected the individual's right to have a privately owned gun in their home in the case of District of Columbia versus Heller. Okay, so I have a feeling I know the answer to this question, but how are people feeling about this? Well, gun rights advocates are extremely horny about this, Mm. and for good reason. Uh, There's currently a 6-3 conservative majority on the court, and at least five sitting justices have recently ruled or written in ways that were sympathetic to gun rights activists over laws attempting to regulate guns. Mm. That is not the trend that I wanted to hear. Nope. Uh, But you have to wait until October to see this all unfold. That's when the oral arguments should be taking place, which means we'll probably get a ruling on this case at the end of this year or possibly later. But if your thirst for SCOTUS drama can't wait, there's another blockbuster case that's going to be argued before the court this week, one that started with a Snapchat message from a then 14-year-old Pennsylvania girl named Brandy Levy. It was over the weekend back in 2017, and it was sent to 250 friends, and the fateful snap read, F school, F softball, F cheer, F everything. Highly relatable to express Bart Simpson energy via Snapchat. Uh, I guess that's (laughs) what happens at school now. Uh, So the court, I guess, will decide whether or not softball and cheer should, in fact, be F'd. You're close. The court will determine whether or not administrators at her public school, the Mahoney Area High School, were right to kick Brandy out of cheerleading for a year over the social media outburst, which did not occur during school hours or on school property or over official school channels. Brandy and her parents, along with the ACLU, sued the school, claiming that the punishment was unjust as the message didn't disrupt school activities. Okay, so what is the school's case here then? That they should be able to discipline students for online speech no matter where and when it actually happens? Basically, they say a ruling in favor of Levy would make it harder for them to discipline students for things like racism and bullying, which in the social media age often takes place off campus outside of school hours. Mm -hmm. President Biden's administration has backed the district, saying that Levy was in the wrong because she specifically targeted groups of students in her angry snap. Recall F softball and F cheer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The ACLU, however, disagrees and says that being a student at a public school shouldn't subject off-campus student speech to disciplinary action. The court should hand down a ruling on this case at the end of June. I don't know how this one's going to turn out, but one thing is clear. I am really glad that I am not currently a teenager because it sounds fucked up. Yeah, imagine having to have your entire life litigated uh, because it it all exists for people to either narc on or see. Um, Awful. Uh, Okay, so then what about other hot button issues the court is taking up at this point or for that matter, avoiding? Um, Yeah, so when Amy Coney Barrett was confirmed last fall, a lot of people were worried that Roe v. Wade was in the crosshairs and they had a right to be worried. But despite that, the court is not taking up any cases yet that directly confront Roe v. Wade, which Mm. we can breathe a temporary sigh of relief. But they are hearing arguments this week in Americans for Prosperity versus Bonta, a case about whether tax exempt organizations can be required to disclose big money donors. And the court's already ruled that states should have a right to imprison minors for life without parole. That was a Brett Mm. Kavanaugh joint that came down last week uh, with a case that could enshrine a right to nationwide concealed carry. I've got high hopes for this court to make America even worse. But that's the latest for now. (laughs) 
It's Tuesday, Wad Squad, and for today's Temp Check, we are talking about problem solving on vacation. Tourism is back on the rise in Hawaii, and rental car prices are surging, so tourists have begun renting U-Hauls to get around. To put some numbers to this, one local news affiliate reported that in March, the cheapest rental car on Maui went for $722 a day. With prices like that or rental cars out of stock completely hopping in a big white box truck doesn't sound that crazy. So, Aaron, what is your take on this story? Oh, my gosh. Gideon, look, there is a whole song called America the Beautiful, and that is because there are many places in America besides Hawaii that are absolutely beautiful and are worth visiting and will not cost you $722 a day to rent a U-Haul. Like, you know, there are, we've got tons of national parks. If you live in the western half of the states, you can go to Yellowstone or Yosemite or Arches, any of the myriad national parks. But there's also great state parks you can go to. If you live in the Midwest, might I recommend trying to get a permit to go to Boundary Waters. That's a beautiful mm. place to go. The Great Lakes are incredible places to go. There are other places besides Hawaii. If you want to go to a beach, we've got Florida, We've got the Gulf Coast. We've got California. The Carolinas even have good beaches. Like, they do. I just think people really need to open their minds and their hearts and their wallets <laughs> to other parts of the country because Hawaii cannot take anymore. I think it is clear Hawaii cannot take anymore. I completely agree. I also think that uh, the census director should hear that ad for America that you just did uh, about all of its beautiful lakes and waterways around the country. Yeah, deserts? I mean, deserts? Deserts as well. Yeah, there's there's every kind of, of thing that could await you across this beautiful nation of ours. Also, if you see that a place is desperately packed, right, it would be like if you saw that there was a six-hour line at Disneyland or any other, you know, attraction that you were going to, you would maybe consider like, uh, next time we'll, we'll try this out. Like, we'll maybe we won't wait on this line. Leave Hawaii to itself and the hordes of other people who apparently have already converged on there. But just like that, we have checked our temps. Stay safe. Book a trip to a national park or a desert or the beach, wherever you like to go. And we'll be back after some ads. What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WAD, books, promo code WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. 
I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, and that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash WAD today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WAD. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. The Justice Department is launching an investigation into the Louisville, Kentucky Police Department after its officers shot and killed Breonna Taylor while she was asleep last year. No officer was charged for Taylor's death. Attorney General Merrick Garland announced the civil probe yesterday, and it aims to evaluate whether Louisville police routinely used unreasonable force, conduct unconstitutional searches, or regularly engage in racist practices. The investigation follows one launched by the DOJ just last week to probe the Minneapolis Police Department after former officer Derek Chauvin was found guilty of murdering George Floyd. These investigations are separate from the department's ongoing criminal civil rights investigations into the victim's deaths. The Biden administration says it plans to give 60 million doses of the AstraZeneca COVID vaccine to other countries over the next several months. The White House didn't say which countries will be getting the shots, but announced that 10 million doses might be released in the coming weeks. Leading up to this, world leaders have been pressing Biden to share U.S. surplus doses, while countries like India struggle to keep up with vaccinations due to supply shortages. As a reminder, India is currently experiencing one of the worst COVID surges in the world. AstraZeneca's vaccine has not been authorized for use here yet, which makes this feel a bit like the public health equivalent of re-gifting a cinnamon bun-scented candle. But White House officials have said that the FDA will conduct a quality review before shipping the vaccine to other countries. You know what I say? Better to have a house that smells like a cinnamon bun than one that smells like you need to clean your toilet. That is a common phrase that people say often, not, not just you. Okay. Uh, California suffering election withdrawal may get another chance to vote this year. State officials announced yesterday the Republican-led effort to recall Governor Gavin Newsom has collected enough signatures to qualify for the ballot. Newsom was elected to his office in 2018 by the largest vote margin in modern history, but in the past year, his approval took a big hit. A lot of that can be attributed to Californians on the right getting frustrated with the lockdowns and other restrictions that Newsom implemented to slow the spread of COVID and his mid-pandemic scandal of eating a $400 meal with lobbyist friends at the same time he was telling people to stay home probably didn't help the cause. Ultimately, the origins of this recall predate COVID, and this is the third time the effort's main organizer has tried to get Newsom out of office. 
Only 40% of California voters support recalling Newsom. The LA Times estimates that the vote won't happen until November. And to help with his reputation among conservatives, I'd like to remind everyone that Newsom was once married to Donald Trump Jr.'s scary yelling girlfriend. Wow. When it comes to winning the breakup, the best is yet to come. Uh, (laughs) No matter what a man tells you, there's only one thing he wants in a relationship. Presence. A guy recently demonstrated this in Japan. He was arrested on fraud charges for dating 35 women simply to get birthday gifts. This man is clearly both a master con artist and a seven-year-old boy on stilts. (laughs) He allegedly told each girlfriend that his birthday was different presumably so he could start unwrapping his next present before his paper cuts had even healed from unwrapping all his previous presents. The birthday boy met his targets through his job selling, and this is not a joke, shower heads for a multi-level marketing company, Mm. meaning he pulled a rare scam squared, (laughs) a.k.a. scam sandwich, a.k.a. scam witch. If you're nasty. (laughs) Ultimately, the total value of his gifts was around $900, meaning each girlfriend spent about the cost of one Blu-ray disc. That is what we call a scam sandwich around here. And those are the headlines. One more thing before we go. Tomorrow night, you can join Crooked for a live group thread of Biden's joint address to Congress. Biden is expected to discuss the economic recovery, combating the coronavirus pandemic, and addressing global challenges. We're going to laugh. We are going to cry. We're going to share funny gifts. Don't miss out on our live reactions. You can subscribe to the Crooked YouTube channel today. And that is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, enjoy all of your presence, and tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just U-Haul rental contracts like <laughs> me, What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Aaron Ryan. I'm Gideon Resnick. And And good good luck, luck, Gavin Newsom. Newsom. I don't know if you're going to need it, really, you know, but good luck either way. What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Charlotte Landis. Sonia Tun is our assistant producer. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producers are Leo Duran, Akila Hughes, and me. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware. I'm Oren Siegel, and I've been fighting extremism, anti-Semitism, and hate for more than 20 years. You should subscribe to our podcast, Extremely, to get a unique perspective on the daily work and the people who have dedicated their lives to exposing, fighting, and disrupting extremism, anti-Semitism, and all forms of hate. We bring you the stories of people and communities not only impacted by hate, but who offer new perspectives and ways to push back. You can find Extremely wherever you listen to podcasts.